podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's your rules live your best morning with bogo breakfast sandwiches only on the mcdonald's app now buy one bacon egg and cheese mcgriddles or sausage egg and cheese mcgriddles and get a second one free valid for item of equal or lesser value limited time only at participating mcdonald's valid one per day excludes one two three dollar menu visit mcdonald's app for details download and registration required Celtic State of Mind with me, Natasha Meekle, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Celtic women's team manager, Fran Alonso. Fran, lovely to have you here. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Good morning. It's, uh, I'm delighted to be here. Well, thank you for joining us. And firstly, congratulations on what has already been an outstanding season. We've got two games left this season. We've got Forfar on Sunday and then Motherwell on the last game of the season, the 6th of June. For those of the you tuning in who might not know, we're two points ahead of Rangers, we're three points behind Glasgow City, who play each other in the final game of the season. And it's a fantastic achievement that Champions League football is now within our own hands, but it's clear from those positions that we can't afford any slip-ups. How important is the mental side of the game as you go into these last couple of games, and how are you preparing the girls at the moment? So it's, uh, yeah, as you say, uh, the mental, the mental uh, part of the game is the most important one. Um, we've been in a very tough uh, three weeks period with so many games, no time to train, just recover and prepare for the next game. Um, and, you know, obviously there are accumulation of fatigue in the legs and, and, and in their minds because obviously it's, it's been very tough. Saying that, uh, it's been amazing for us. We got 31 points for the last. Uh, 33 possible, which is something that is outstanding. Um, we got a squad of 23 players with with a, with a couple of injuries, and 10 of them are teenagers. So it's a very young squad um, that don't used to uh, play that many games and at that high standard. So for us, the mental preparation is the, is the main thing. Um, mm-hmm. The only teams this season that has been able to take points from us are Glasgow City and Forfar. 
So for us, it's a it's a must-win game. Um, we we know that they already took points from us. So if we underestimate them, obviously last game was very good. We played fantastic. We beat them eight nil. But we know it's not going to be anything like that this time. Um, there is a um, you know a three points that that obviously we won. Um, but we will have to fight for them and we will have to um, try to play at our best. Yeah, absolutely. You've touched on it there. The last time we played Forfar back in December, it was 2-2. But from our perspective, we've certainly seen massive improvements in the Giddles game since since that day. In particular, our run of form at the moment is absolutely excellent. What would you say are the differences now compared to going into that last game against Forfar? And what changes do you expect to see in the side in this weekend's game compared to that December game? Well, that was obviously that was a totally different team. Since then, three players uh, left the club. We signed four new players. I say when we signed these four new players that, that the squad was now stronger. Um, and, and yeah, that's pretty much uh, one thing we, that changes the personnel. But also we got more time to work together. So the girls tactically are much more aware. They are much more familiar with our rotation, with our defending shape, with our transitions. Uh, now for them, it's, it's something they don't need to think too much about. Uh, at that time, when we when we dropped these two points, it, it, we weren't uh, as good as a team because we didn't have as much time to work together. Saying that, what we had that day is is something that is a trademark of us, as is this fight, believe, and, you know, never give up. And, you know, we in the 88th minute, I think, it, we were 2-0 two, two down against Forfar. And we managed to score two goals in, in, in the last four minutes of the game to save a point. A point that right now is, is key for us, a very important point. Any point we can get is, is key. So, so yeah, that's pretty much what, what, what changed. Uh, we, are, yeah. we have been able to work longer together and we are a better team as a result. Yeah, absolutely. One thing you touched on there is that fight, that determination, that grit. And that's really something that's becoming synonymous with the girls team. Everyone recognises that they do just have this never give up spirit. And it's absolutely fantastic to see. And I think it's something that's been really important in the games against Rangers, which those points have really been vitally important this season in securing the second spot where we are at the moment. You know, each of those games was, was tough. It was hard fought. There was spells when we were on the back foot. But in every single game, the girls managed to get the victory. How much does that speak to the character of the team and what sort of dressing room do you have there? It, is, it says everything. It says everything. So obviously we got a psychological profile of the player before we recruit them. Uh, you know, we want players that, that they feel comfortable suffering, that they can go through thick walls and still fighting and never give up and don't lose belief. Uh, and then, you know, really our environment, we, we encourage that. We encourage the, the, the mental aspect of the game for us is the most important. As you say, you know, against Rangers, we got the three points all three times in the last uh, 10 minutes of the game. All three times. Against Glasgow City, before the first lockdown, we beat them in the last kick of the game. So our mental uh, strength is always a trademark of us. We put a lot of emphasis and for me is one of our, our best attributes. Uh, we are where we are now in, in a good position on the table because, because as a team, we fight. We know how to fight together. We know how to suffer. We know, uh, obviously, as I say, with 10 teenagers, we know, you know, we are a team we, without that, maybe that the same experience that the other uh, top two teams got. But, but, you know, we, we know our strengths and, and we know fight and how, uh, learn how to suffer was key for us. And I think we are applying it uh, almost to perfection. 
Yeah, I would agree. From a fan's perspective, that's exactly what you want to see from your team is that sort of determination and fight. And it really is brilliant to watch as, as a spectator and, and as a fan. Um, how important was that during that COVID break that you mentioned there? Obviously, you had that period of shutdown, which must be so difficult for a professional team to go through. How did you manage that both in terms of mentality to keep the focus, to keep the momentum going, but equally in terms of fitness when you weren't able to, to train as a full team? That was a that was the hardest time probably for in my career in football. So many years, um, too many. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm too old, unfortunately. But um, that was that was a very tough period. And to be honest, what I did or what we did, uh, it didn't work. We only lost two games this season, and both has been straight after the lockdown. So whatever we did, it, it wasn't good enough to to, to later uh, compete and get the three points. So obviously that's something that, you know, um, is good to get a praise, but it is also good to be critical and to know what, what we could have done better. And I think, you know, I'm putting out of, um, you know, review and, and attention of the details of that period because obviously we, we didn't compete good enough after... Uh, I got my reasons, but yeah, we, the... The um, the fact is that we didn't compete good enough, and that's the only um, two defeats we have. Uh, we didn't even score one single goal in in both of these games. So this is so unlike us, and that's something that in the future, hopefully, I will never have to do another precision of four weeks. Hopefully, uh, for the rest of our lives. But if it happened, uh, definitely something that we have to do better because uh, I don't think we did good enough. It was after those couple of games and at that sort of turn that people started talking about the league as a as a two horse race between Rangers and and Glasgow City. How much did that fuel the girls to go on and sort of secure the position they're in at the moment and really push them on following that? Because, like you say, following you know that and following the Glasgow City result, the results just got better and better. And you know, since then we've conceded something like three goals. It's been absolutely excellent. So, do you think comments like that help fuel your dressing room and did you use those of course that the, the those comments um get us even more together uh, we know it's pretty much we got the feeling of it's us against the wall uh, so we feel like they we got the, the the love of our fans so i feel like you either support celtic or you really dislike celtic um and you know we are uh, we are where we are and and you know we believe in each other we believe in ourselves and these comments make make made public uh you know they really fuel this togetherness this this uh, fight these uh, spirits in us so i was delighted to be honest when i hear it i disagree um you know at least i i, th- I thought then disrespectful um because you know you could say it's a three it's a four horse race and i would agree with that but say two horse race when we only play eight games i i found it disrespectful but at the same time i was delighted i was delighted to hear it it fired the girls and and you know since then i mean we use it we use it in too many team talks to be fair uh, to, to motivate ourselves so yeah it's been it's been fantastic um so i want to public thank uh, the few people that say that publicly because it really helped us yeah, absolutely, Fran. No, we, we thought exactly the same when we heard them. Um, any team can thrive on those comments, but none more so than the girls because they really took them and ran with them, didn't they? Um, touching on something that I mentioned, this real lack of conceding goals, you know, three in the last 11 games. The girls are strong all over the park, but there's something about the defence that seems so, so solid and they really don't concede many goals. It really does speak to the quality of the defence when you've got players like 
Chloe Craig, Joey Bartle, Caitlin Hayes, Warrington, Nicholson, you've got so many good defenders at your disposal. Would you agree that that's a real strong area of your team and something that's been really important in, in getting the three points is having a defence that hardly concede goals? 100%, but, you know, obviously you, you, you mentioned uh, great defenders, but, you know, uh, there are other great defenders in the team. So if Mariah Lee is playing, if Sarah Jones is playing, if uh, London Polar is playing, whoever is playing, Lisa, uh, Lisa Robertson, uh, Sarah T. Garden, they are Anna Philby, they are all, all of them, great defenders. So we, we defend as a team, and that's something that has been fantastic for us this season. Um, sometimes we go in a high block and we are very aggressive in our pressing, and sometimes we go into medium block and we are equally efficient. Um, you know, obviously, we put a lot of emphasis, especially uh, in the games that we know we are not going to have our average 65 70% possession. Uh, we put a lot of emphasis in in, uh, in our defending shape and how we deal with the rotations of the opponent. Uh, I normally go at the back and, you know, when somebody maybe leaves the position, we, you know, um, we emphasize not only the position, this is the... So we put a lot of emphasis on that and I think it, it pay off. Uh, I mean, the only the only goal, for example, in the three games against Rangers, the only goal we concede is shouldn't have been a goal and that say a lot because with the quality Rangers got to keep all uh, two clean sheets and then concede one goal only is... Is really really impressive. Sometimes it's because of the organization, and sometimes it's the desire of put your body on the line, uh, which again have to do with the mental attribute. So overall, I have to be delighted because uh, I think with the with the average age group of the team, where we are now is is a very very impressive season, regardless of what happened in the next two games, whatever the results are. How important is it to balance that sort of age issue that you've got? Well, not an issue, it's clearly working in your favour. You've got a very young squad, but you've also got more experienced members of the team as well. How do you balance that, particularly going into a difficult spell of the season? You want to have the young players in because they've got that ability and capability, they're mentally strong, but equally you want to be able to rely on the experience and the knowledge and the game management of, of the more experienced players. How do you balance that in a squad rotation something that's really important particularly when the fixture list is so congested i think i think we we have a, a very clever uh, that's why we did it and and it worked very well a very clever way of managing all this busy period so you know i remember one game the average age uh, of our team was 22 year old so that's probably the youngest of the of the season of any team um so yeah yeah um it's very important to find this balance you want to have in the squad these young players who are the future of Celtic Football Club, but also the Scotland national team. Uh, they are all youth internationals, or most of them youth, youth internationals. Very, very quality players. The only thing they lack is experience. So I wanted to provide them with this experience in terms of playing minutes, not only playing minutes against teams that are below uh, in the table, against any team. Uh, the other day, 17-year-old Kate, Kate Nicholson came in the second half against Rangers when we were drawing. So you show that we have... Uh, you show them that we have a uh, good belief in them mm -hmm. by, by actually giving them, you know, not that telling them that they are good and we believe in them. Uh, and then you got obviously the, the, the players uh, like Natalie Ross, uh, Lisa Robertson, who know the league very well, who has been playing, or uh, Chloe Craig uh, and, uh, and um, Natalie Clark. Um, so, sorry, Kelly oh, um, <laughs> Clark, Natalie Clark. Uh, Kelly Clark, so players that got a lot of uh, a lot of experience that know the league very well and also are good role models for for our player. So so yeah, this this balance for us is very important. Uh, this mix of young players, 
with a lot of talent and mix of experienced players that can teach our values, which is for us. That is is a is a very good um, model to to make sure that the the team goals um, and the longevity of the project is is, is successful. It certainly seems to be working and something you said there is longevity. There's no way of giving these young players experience without playing them. So it's great to see them coming through the squad and getting real proper game time, like you've mentioned. And one thing that happens so often is there's so much plaudits given to the girls and so much credit given to the girls. But a lot of the plaudits are also coming your way, um, especially on on our show. We think that you're doing a fantastic job and you certainly got the team firing on all cylinders. And you really seem to tactically know what it takes to get the girls to get the points. But one thing that sticks out for a lot of people is your passion on the side of the park, your style, your energy, your enthusiasm. Has that always been your style? And is it something that you help think you think helps transfer onto the girls onto the park and lifts their spirits as well? But I have to be honest, Natasha. So when I got, when I watch the games, I try not to look at myself. <laughs> I never, I never plan to do that. It's just the way I, I live football, and and I'm very passionate. Um, I always been like that. Uh, when I start in football so many years ago with uh, under under nine team, uh, I was exactly the same. Um, for me, it's all about you know football. It's about fans. It's about what. It's about feelings. Um, you know, and, and I love it, and I love it, and I am in football because of what it means to people. So for me, it's all about passion, and uh, normally the the teams uh, I I. I've coached in the past. If they got something in common, is this? Uh, obviously, we try to play a great brand of football. I, I love uh, our positional play. I love to to play beautiful football. But the, the trademark, probably, I would say, is, is this: is this passion, this character, this, this enthusiasm for the game. Um, it's not only about uh, winning football games. It's about um, the, the the games we win mean something to people, mean something to our fans, mean something to our club. So so yeah, no, I always been like that. And sometimes when I saw, I thought, oh, what you are doing, man? <laughs> uh, you know, at the time you don't even think about that. It just came. Uh, I, but I'm 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 happy that that uh, we can transfer uh, this passion uh, to 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 the girls because the girls show this show real real passion and desire every time when 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 after a, after a huge win. My favorite part is wake up in the morning and see their pictures, see their pictures celebrating. I think they are brilliant at celebrating great wins. So <laughs> they um, are. hopefully, hopefully we can we can celebrate two more uh, one at a time. But hopefully we are um, we do well in, in in this Sunday against Forfar and we got one more one more celebration and then we go into the last uh, to finish a, a what it would be a season that will stay in our minds for the rest of our lives. Absolutely. And do you know what it is? I feel like the passion doesn't only transfer from the side of the pitch onto the park, it transfers to the fans as well. And one thing that I've really enjoyed seeing this season is a wider group of fans get really involved and really passionate about the women's game. You've got, you know, fan media sources like ours and others starting to cover the games more and more and it draws a wider audience. It gets spoken about more, people get more invested in it. And particularly over the last few games of the season, we've seen massive investment in it and massive people tuning in to watch and getting passionate and excited about it. And I think that stems from you and the team itself, watching the scenes we see at the end of the game, like you mentioned, really transfers to a fan and it's something that we can we can all enjoy. And how important do you think is engaging people and getting more people involved and getting more people watching it how important do you think that is in, in growing the women's game 
I think it's key, and you you are right. For me, the way I like to see it is, uh, you know, we we are not only a team; we are a club. We are one club, and for me, it's equally important the fans, than the players, than the board, than uh, the staff. It's, it's it's one club, and you know when when you are passionate, when you fight, when you got this give don't give up mentality, uh, that is transferred to the fans, is transferred to the club, is say who we are, and I think it's fantastic. The, the other day in the game against, against Hips, I saw uh, two masks, and just these these details for me it made me so proud. Uh, one was like uh, Donaldinho, <laughs> in reference to Rachel to Rachel Donaldson, and and the other was with the three with the three results that. Uh, Celtic women have against Rangers this season. For me, this means this means the world. Um, it means a lot. It means you know you are no, you know that what you are doing on the pitch it means something to people, and that's that's why we are here. So yeah. so yeah, that's very very important in terms of growing the the women game. It's exactly the same. You know when you got uh, fans that are this passionate, uh, you know people wearing the the, the the Celtic shirt with the name of our players of the of the female players at the back. Uh, for me, this means means a lot. Means a lot, mm-hmm. and we've been unlucky this season. Obviously, with with not being able to play in front of our fans, but on the other hand, they've been able to 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 see us uh, in TV, and everyone knows our team, everyone knows our players, and and that's fantastic for us. Um, the only bad I have to say, for example, uh, the other day massive game against Hibs, I think for a league like like the Scottish League, it's very very important that you don't put women footballers to play in, in, in that in that pitch where it's impossible to play football. You know, this league has grown a lot in quality and we have to we have to to provide the girls with the with the best facilities possible. And that was is something that hopefully it will never be allowed again because it's is is very, very bad for the women game in general and obviously massive gain and it became a, a fight in the air which nobody wanted. So yeah. apart from that, yeah definitely uh, I think the league is growing in the past, we used to uh, sell our best players. I mean, in terms of the league, uh, and now we are recruiting the players here. So the Scottish League is is a league that now people is considering top players are considering to come. While before it was the other way around. So that's why all these little details. Um, you know, we are growing. We are growing uh, since I first started here to where we are now. I can see a very big improvement, but we have to keep improving. And things like that, it, it means it means a lot. Uh, you, you cannot have top footballers playing in, in that pitch. Because if I am a top footballer uh, in England, in Spain, in Italy or France or whatever, I would say, why are I going to go to Scotland to play in, in, in that uh, potato field? So definitely is not uh, is something that we should look in the, in the, in the future. Yeah. But, no, I totally agree. I think the key things for growing women's sport and women's football are visibility, making sure that it's covered by prominent mainstream media sources. And we have seen the growth of that this season, but I think we can certainly do more in the promotion of the women's game and making sure all games are accessible um, on mainstream sources and the facilities that we play in as well, as you've touched on. If we want to grow and develop the women's game and improve the quality in every aspect, then they need to be playing at top class facilities. And something we saw this season was the girls getting the chance to play at Celtic Park and for me as a fan I think that certainly improves the quality of the game and the girls game as well getting to play at that sort of top class venue. We've seen next season obviously the season ticket holders are going to, included with their season ticket, are going to get access to one women's game at Celtic Park How important do you think it is to the girls and how much would you like to see more of the games being played at Celtic Park when possible? I, I think it's very important, and it's, it's exactly what I told you before. It's one club. It's one club. Uh, so, 
for me, if you if you are a fan, if you support Celtic, Celtic men, uh, you support Celtic women because it's your club. You know, I, I, I signed for the club and I became straight away, I became the biggest Celtic women and the biggest Celtic men fan. For me, Celtic is not women or men. It doesn't matter what is after. It's Celtic and that's our club and that's the club we love. And we want them to do well. And we want them to have the best facilities, the best staff, the best players, uh, because it's Celtic and we are one of the biggest clubs in Europe mm -hmm. and we want to carry on being like that. So in the women's side, in the in the men's side, if we do a hockey team, whatever we do, we want to be the best because that means Celtic. Celtic yeah. equals quality. So, yeah, I, I think it's very, very important. Um, the club is doing great efforts. So obviously it's been announced that we are going to play next year as well. We, we are hoping to get, you know, the, the, the record of fans um, you know, to have uh, many, many, many thousands there supporting us, and then hopefully we can have a, a great game and, and make a fantastic day for, uh, that nobody, nobody will forget. Like it was this year at Celtic Park, it was amazing. The only thing that was missing was the most important thing, which is our fans there. Can, can you imagine how it would have been if we scored uh, the goal that we scored with? with a full stadium that would be I mean something amazing It would be incredible and it's certainly something that I think is, is in the future of the girls and of the club because as I've touched on we see so many more people getting invested in it and particularly with the game on the season ticket is the chance for more people to go along and watch the women's game and I think watching this team you're only going to need one game to get hooked on that passion and energy to be like I'm going back to that I want to see more of that and that just feeds on itself and helps and helps grow the game so I am particularly looking forward to getting some girls games at Celtic Park next season and opening the game to to a broader a broader audience and something I think will help with that is the possibility of Champions League football something we said earlier in the show is obviously if we win our next two games it's in our hands we can achieve that how important is that to the girls and how much of a motivator has it been this season the prospect of playing at a tournament like the Champions League how much has that given them that extra incentive um, I, I like I've been doing it all season obviously we are in a very good position now but I, I will stick to, to what we've done um, for me it's very important because as I told you the mental aspect of the game for in my opinion is the most important one uh, it is important that uh, I don't put too much pressure on our girls I want them to focus on what they can control which is their performance their work rate their focus uh, in terms of not leaving your position, deal with the rotation, that's what we can control and that's what we have to control. And I don't want them to think about, oh, you know, if we win this that many games, if this team do that and then we could win, because that will, first, it can make them lose focus and second, uh, um, you know, it can put too much pressure. So for me, obviously, as I say, four far two points from us, uh, we, we have to try to beat them uh, this time. Uh, it's a home game, it's our last home game. I want I want to finish strong at home, um, and you know we will we will do our very best to to try to get the three points without uh, underestimate the opponent. If we underestimate the opponent, we might struggle, and that's why I make sure we won. Now, if we if we get the three points against Forfar, then obviously we go into the last game of the season, knowing that a win will mean Champions League football uh, for us. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Achieve champion in football this year is an is a unbelievable achievement. Because of what I say, because I know we just turned pro, 
but we didn't turn pro in the way that other clubs turn pro, signing a lot of experience, a lot of quality, very expensive players. We turn pro with 10 teenagers. So for us, it's like more like a long-term project. So of course, we are Celtic and we want to fight for the best, but for us, finishing third, it wouldn't be a, a failure. It's a great experience to be able to these teenagers grow, get experience, and then be one of the dominant teams in the country in the future. So for us, if we are able to, to achieve champion in football this year, it's an unbelievable achievement. It's something that is uh, not a miracle because we are Celtic, but, but it, it would be an unbelievable achievement. And, you know, um, I would be absolutely delighted if, if we finally manage that. But as I say, our focus cannot go into Champion League. It should be against, try to beat Forfar because two games ago against them, we didn't do it. Mm, absolutely. Moving on slightly, women's football is obviously something you're passionate about. I'm passionate about it too. Um, you started in the men's game though um, with spells at, at Everton, at Southampton, before joining Celtic in January 2020. As someone who's experienced both men's and women's football, what would you say the key differences are? Um, I, uh, my personal opinion is if, if you can successfully manage a women's team, you have no problem to manage a men team. I think uh, women football uh, give you more challenge, uh, more challenges. Uh, obviously, there is there is um, some factors that that affect the women game that you don't have in the men game. There is more hormonal change. Uh, the way you know women um, react much better to feedback, while men react very well to aggressivity. Um, so it's, to, it's totally different. Uh, when I my first experience in the women game, I got it totally wrong. Uh, thanks God, I learned quick, and it was only a, a couple of months. But you know, I, I came from the main game, from the professional main game, from the Premier League. So what I saw there do, and what you know, the, obviously the way you motivate a a, a a professional or get the best from a professional player, a male, sometimes it, it wouldn't work at all with with uh, with a female footballer. In some, don't get me wrong, there are you know, you get. Some of the female footballers they get they get very good reaction to to an aggressive approach, but yeah, normally it's, it's a totally different approach. It's more based on on, on feedback, a constant feedback, positive or negative, constant feedback and and di different challenges. Uh, and then obviously you got the tactical uh, tactical um, differences. So if you think a male footballer a goalkeeper. The average, uh, I, I don't know in feet, but in meters, is like 192. So it's, it's very, very tall. The average in a female goalkeeper is 183. They both defend the same size goal. And the size of the pitch is the same. So, um, you know, obviously there are potentially, for example, in the main game, at some point you have to engage. Yeah, so they to avoid shooting. Mm -hmm. In the main game, normally you shoot in the edge of the box. In the women game, you have to engage um, yeah. further because obviously there are more possibilities because the goalkeepers are smaller and the goal is equally big. It's just an example of how yeah. different, the different challenges of the men and the, and the women game. I've been in both at the top, uh, at the highest level of both and, and you know, they are both equally rewarding. Uh, obviously, the, 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 the biggest difference in terms of outside is, is obviously the, the resources. Mm -hmm. uh, the resources of, of women football are, are right now are like miles away from, from the men uh, and, you know, they are better than they were 10 years ago when I first started in uh, volunteering in the women game compared to now is like different walls but still obviously they are not they are not where they should be and but I think every club every club every fan uh, we are all slowly starting towards you know 
uh, equality. There are some clubs, actually, I, I was lucky enough to, to be, where one of their motos is they pay uh, men and women uh, equally. Like Louis FC, and yeah. that, was, that was my my main reason to to, to join the club. I, I I agree with that, and I I love that that the club stands by these values. So, um, yeah. but I think every club is doing is doing something to to um, to invest more, to to increase the level of professionalism, uh, and they are help. We are all helping the women game. Yeah, it's something I certainly hope to see more of as other clubs, you know, Celtic obviously do a great job at it, but hopefully more clubs will recognise the value of the women's team and make proper investment in that and then grow the game, which is better for the league as a whole. Obviously, coming from the English Premier League um, on your way to Celtic, did you ever have anyone question you? Why, why women's football? Why are you making what they perceive as the step down, as people like to call it, um, which is obviously not true? But I'm sure you had questions and comments about the decision to move to women's football what was your response to those yeah well you know so the first question i got was was my own dad <laughs> what? from everton i i went to to Louis to second division uh, women but obviously for me it's all about uh, you know i say before for me it's all about heart about passion so it's not about um you know um anything else that what what you do means to fans how you can affect in a positive manner to people that's that's what I think was every human being is come is in this world to to do to try to improve lives in in any way you can, you know. So doctors obviously save lives and they improve your life in a, in an amazing way. Uh, you know, I just happen to use football uh, as a tool to try to to try to make people happy when we can. And and you know, for that reason, if it's a second division team in England, but they got the motos they had and the ambitions they had, for me it was the perfect the perfect fit. And I am, you know, if I could come back, I would still do it. Um, and you know that's why the same reason why I joined Celtic. Um, I learned from Celtic first time in, in the in the tenure of Southampton with so many uh, former Celtic players. Uh, you know, you got Victor Wanyama, Virgil Van Dijk, uh, Danny Fox, Fraser Foster, Arthur Boruk. So I I I searched in room with so many uh, former Celtic, and they got one thing in common, which is very difficult. When a player leaves a club, sometimes they got good feelings, sometimes they they don't have good good memories or good feelings about the club. Every single Celtic player I met in my career, former Celtic player, they still love the club. And I thought, wow, that club is special. So so when the opportunity came, of course, I thought, wow, I need to be there. And then I came here, and, and to be fair, the, the, the reality exceed my expectations. I, I love the city. I love the, the passion of the people when it's healthy, of course. Uh, and, 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 you know, I think it's a, it's a fantastic football, football city. Uh, I was in Liverpool before, which is a, mm-hmm. another top, top football city. I, I love my time there. And I think Glasgow is 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 the same, or, or even or even better. Is is you know, it's all football means the world to many people, and and you can use football to make people happy, which happened to 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 be this season. Uh, all the all the Celtic fans that that follow the women game are having a, a fantastic season so far, and this mm-hmm. makes us so proud and so happy. Yeah, that's great to hear all of it. The fact about the ex-players speaking so highly about the fact that it's exceeded your expectations as a fan that's encouraging one thing I remember you saying in your interview when you joined is that when Celtic want you you can't say no so was it things like the stories from these ex-players was it the stature of the club is that what really enticed you to Celtic and to Glasgow yeah, it wasn't necessarily how big the club is although you know you you always want to to, to inspire to be at the best club you can be uh, but yeah, it was definitely the, the, the feedback I got with with these former players. 
uh, about you know what about the city, about the, the 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 passion, about how how the club look after them. Uh, you know they 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 are Celtic supporters for life. You know uh, some of them uh, they are still every time we win they are still texting me in Instagram or you know uh, it's, it's, it's amazing how they are still following following Celtic. So yeah, yeah definitely I I knew. From then, I knew a special. It was a very special club, and and you know, uh, I never thought that they would be uh, interested. Or you know, you, you are in England, it's different country. Uh, but you know, obviously, when the opportunity came, uh, you cannot say no to Celtic, and I was delighted. And yeah, I think it's been a very hard year in terms of lockdowns, COVID, very very hard year for for absolutely everyone, for every human being in the world. Mm-hmm. But as a as a football experience, I think it's been a it's been a very positive one, very challenging one, but very positive one. Yeah, but I would definitely agree with all of that. We've been covering a lot more of the women's games on the show. Um, we've been drawing a large audience to it and we've been getting more and more people invested. Least of all, our other contributor, Russell Boyce, who you've met at press conferences before, who is, I think, your biggest fan. <laughs> um, but you've started to see more and more people getting drawn to the game. But there is this still lingering undertone of people who say, I don't want to watch women's football. It's not at the same standard. Why would I be interested in that? And we try and answer it on here ourselves. You know, when you're talking to Celtic fans, you're watching people play for Celtic. And I don't understand how you can't get behind that and support it and just give it one game and you will be invested. What's your response to people who still have this sort of attitude to just, we just can't shift away from the perspective that football is for men? What would your comment to them be and how would you encourage them to give the women's game a try? I, I Obviously, I respect every opinion. Everyone is uh, entitled to, to have the feelings they want. Uh, but for me, as I say before, for me, it's one club. And, you know, if you are a fan... And you have a, we have a very tough season because I support as well, obviously Celtic, any, any Celtic team men under 18s, under 14s. Um, but it's been a, a challenging year and not, not a very good one apart from obviously the, the trouble. Um, but it hasn't been an amazing season in terms of our men's side. So if you are a fan and you only support the men, you are, you are, have, you have a, a very bad season. But if you also support, your women's side, you could be paying some banter back to 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 the Glasgow Derby rivals. So you know it's, it's a great opportunity for to feel happy for for your club beating uh, your rivals. So you know obviously if you don't feel like that, then then um, you know you don't, and it will take time. Probably yeah. they will feel different in a few years. Uh, it's only our first year as, as professional. Uh, the sport size is growing, it's consistently mm-hmm. growing. But the mo- so, so many people I, I met, they didn't know even uh, we have a women's side. So I think now, obviously, the club is doing great effort in social media. Uh, you know, we are bringing players that are well recognized. Uh, you know, so I think uh, it, it's, matter, it's only a matter of time. But yeah, I, I, I will say, you know, if you support a club, support a club. Whatever. If, if we do a, a, a hockey team, as I said before, why you don't want you Celtic to win? You know, yes. it's Celtic. It's, yes. it's the values. It's the club who, who stand for something. So, yes. you know, I would support them whatever they, they, they play at. They sport yes. play. Can only echo everything you said, Fran. And something that we've tried to say in our show is that the men's season has not went well. When was the last time you felt a surge of enjoyment watching your team score a goal in a really important game? And we've been getting that from the women's team this season. That feeling is something so important to fans. And 
if you can get that from another Celtic team, use it and enjoy it. And we've certainly loved it, loved it this season. Um, and looking forward to next season, obviously we're still in this sort of transition of going, we are professional, but it's just been a recent transition and we're seeking to sort of build on that and establish that more. Have you started thinking about next season yet and any targets you might have in terms of improving the squad, in terms of taking that next step to be more professional in terms of the players that we're looking at, how widely we're casting the net? Are you still focused on this season or is the summer starting to come into your head now? Yeah, I mean, the, the main focus, of course, is still, is still this mm-hmm. season because we got uh, still two more games to play, which... Like every game we play, they are absolutely key. Uh, every every game we play this season is is like a final. We approach every game like you know it's a must-win game. Of course, you, you cannot always win in football, but we approach with this mentality. So of course that's the priority. But yeah, uh, we have uh, we got a very limited time. Uh, it's going to be only like three three and a half weeks break, and then we are back for precision. So of course you we we've been working as well uh, towards next year. Um, there is improvement of, of facilities, massive improvement of facilities, massive improvement in resources. Um, and then, you know, I had have, I have already some very important meetings with several people at the club. And we are ob- obviously as well spotting our uh, football targets. Uh, we've got some players that we want to bring. Um, and, and yeah, like we need to, we need to uh, improve the squad, bring a little bit more experience uh, at the highest level to help even more to these young players that we were talking about to um, to, de- to develop a training alongside players that has won many things and has competed at the highest level for, for many years. So that's what we are trying to do. And, and you know, we got the support of of, uh, of the club, um, the support of, of, of Dom, our new CEO as well, and who is as well very happy with, with, with our uh, team. And, and yeah, we will we will try to to have a better season. But of course, um, you know, at the moment the focus is uh, on Sunday. That, uh, it's important that we focus on on the three points if we can on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Fran. We certainly wish you all the best for the next two games in the season. We're looking forward to watching them and covering them here on A Celtic State of Mind. But in the meantime, Fran Alonso, thank you for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. 
Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spanish. Leto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Social Podcast Network. Sports 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 Social Podcast Network.